everyone and everyone and everyone. This is wait, no, I that screwed me up. Damn it. You <laughs> That's stole what I was my intro. Do. Mine too. Oh, did I really? I was gonna say wow. this is Brett and Brett and Brett. Hello everyone. This is Bookends with Friends, and we all have one hive mind where we just can't think of anything besides the same jokes. Uh I'm I'm your co-host, Parker Moon. I'm your lead developer. Oh, that's great. Brett Irvin. And I'm your co-host, Daniel Phillips. And we are a weekly book club podcast where every month we go over one book and we make friends along the way. Uh, what's going on, guys? Man, nothing much. It's a book month. It's a book it's episode. A, it's book it's a book episode. It's, it's always, a, it's a, always book a book month. month. Yeah. Always. Uh, but it's a book episode. Uh, thank you for joining us, listeners. If you've been reading along, today we are covering Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. Uh, and, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to, to talk about this one because I feel like there's going to be a lot of good discourse, uh, over this book or maybe audio poison. We'll find out. <laughs> um, but That's before be we fun. do that, do you guys want to do some quick short stories so that we can get into discussion? Yes, please. So, um, as you guys know, I'm a big fan of video games, which, oh, we should all, we should have all done a video game one this time. Damn. Dang it. I've got a good one for you. Oh, good. So, okay. Big fan of video games, which is which was great while reading Tomorrow and Tomorrow Tomorrow. A lot of really uh-huh. good references that we're probably going to go into later. But I've got a game for you guys. More geared probably towards Parker. Um, I feel like you would really like this game. I started it today. I swear, so, if you say like... No, no, no jokes. No, just 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 a me talking about a game. Uh, Brett looks real skeptical. So this game was announced yesterday. It's no marketing at oh. all. No trailer. Oh, announced and dropped yesterday. It was announced and dropped yesterday, and it is so. I'm squinting my eyes at him. No, I promise. It's so like. So I've been playing it. I've been playing it today. It's so reminiscent of like an old like PS2 game where like. One of those games that you would come home from school and you're like, man, I can't wait to play this. Like, it makes me feel like like Jack and Daxter, or like a Ratchet and Clank or something like that. It's like a okay, 3D cool. platformer, but it's called Hi-Fi Rush. Okay. Yeah. Hi-Fi yep. Bre- Rush? Yeah, Brett finally believes me. So it's called <laughs> Hi-Fi Rush. I can trust this um, It is a... So to, to paint the picture of what it is, first mm. off, the animation is absolutely amazing. It's like fully animated. It looks like a comic book. Super, super awesome, like art direction. Um, you're the main character. He has like a broken arm. And so he's going to a building, uh, this like super high tech building where they make like robotic parts and he's going to get a robot arm. Right. Um, in the process of getting his arm, he's listening to music and it's kind of like a it made me think of like Baby Driver. So like his headphones are in and he's like doing stuff and in, into the rhythm of the music. And when he goes to get his robot arm, they accidentally implant his iPod into his chest. <laughs> and so everything that he does and everything in the world around him is in beat to the songs that he's listening to. And so oh, that plays neat. that plays into like the combat. So you start like fighting and he fights with like an electric guitar and you attack in rhythm to the songs that are playing and it's just like 
It's like a thirty dollar game that came out of oh, nowhere, cool. and it's amazing. It's so good, and like that's uh, it, it uh, it's it's, and I don't know. I've, I obviously haven't seen gameplay or anything, but it reminds me of that game. I don't, I don't think I, I, I know Crypt, I never played it, but Crypto um, Echo Dancer. Yeah, yeah, or or they yeah. made the the Zelda one later. The yep. um, Breath uh, of the Wild. Uh, no, <laughs> no, the I, I mean Daniel already said it. I can't yeah. remember what the Zelda, Cadence of Hyrule. That's it. Yeah. Um, but the yeah, the it's, like, I, it's, a, it's a beat game. Right. The reason I want to talk about it is like a big part of this book was making something that was like unique and that had yeah. a lot of like love put into it. And the very first like five minutes of this game, you could just tell like how much care went into everything. And it like even when your character is like not doing anything, when you just let him stand there, he like sways back and forth and like snaps to the music. And it's just everything like that. So, so awesome. So check out That's some Hi-Fi cool. Rush. Yeah. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll I'll keep that. I'll I'll put it on my wish list. Put it on the wish list. So let's talk about talkie about. Let's talk talkie about talkie. Um, something that actually did happen. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that is, uh, I fulfilled my promise and I finished. <gasps> oh, Morning Star last weekend. Wow, nice. So, what do um, you on, think? On to the I'm next. Shocked you didn't talk to me about it yet. Well, that's what I wanted. To, I wanted to have an extended conversation about it and i feel like Ah. it's it's one of those like i mean obviously we could just text about it for hours um which i'll probably end up doing but um i got busy with work this week but uh yeah yeah. um yeah i loved it it was so good there's one section that i really do want to talk to you about where uh Uh i didn't i I was telling dan about it the other day but i couldn't i I could only say like talk for like a couple minutes about it because i didn't want to spoil anything with um, with no spoilers, or I guess very very light spoilers, the phrase "wakey wakey goblin" does that mean anything yeah, to you now? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. So um, that's that's kind of the section I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I loved it. It was so good, and um, I'm I almost like I feel like he 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 did such a good job with the. Right, you almost don't even want to touch right. the second series. Is yeah. that what you're gonna say? Yeah, I I don't know how I feel after reading Iron Gold, uh, because he it's yeah. four. He okay. he continues on with the characters, right? And um, there are some decisions made, and that's all I'll say. But like, if you liked where all of the arcs ended, and this this is a message for our audience too. If you've read the first three Red Rising books. Um, I don't know yet if it's worth getting into the the second era if you're really contented with that ending because it wraps up so nicely. Yeah. Uh, and you hesitant. can choose to believe that it's happily ever after and live in that bliss. <laughs> and What's the time jump between the two? years? That's yeah. kind of short. That's it's like, not a significant amount. Yeah. It's still very involved. I'll pro- I'll probably check it out. Um, but yeah, so I just wanted to share that. Hmm. Well, that's lovely. Y'all's are both lovely. Mine is the fact that I have had a sinus infection slash tonsillitis this week. God. Um, which, like, I can't, I cannot believe how poor my own immune system is. <laughs> um, Stop and getting so, sick. And it's, I know, I just, I, God, Daniel, I really wish I could. I think I'm, I think I'm, like, on the verge of being healthy again, which is really a great thing. Yeah. Um, but all that to be said... Uh, it, it had me thinking about kind of the, um, in a very, very like micro scale condensed down version, the, the, 
the tomorrow and tomorrow tomorrow th- thing yeah. of just like how beautiful it is to be able to, to be able to live in video games or in a in a contained world where sickness and illness are not a thing because right. it, being sick is just the pits um and yeah. so if anyone's sick if our listeners are sick this message goes out to you i love you and i hope you feel better um and parker and parker knows that more than anyone because he's actually sick more than he's just normal Dude, in 2023 boy. i'm i'm like i'm really this is this is i've had it rough than in 2023 yeah, yeah. um Whenever I think about tonsils, I always think about that Rugrats episode where they reach (laughs) into the back of, I I can't remember if it was Tommy's dad's throat with like pliers because they (laughs) think it's like something bad and they like Mm. grab his tonsils with pliers and it- Do we think this is narrow casting or do we think that all of the audience that we- uh, Watch Rugrats. uh, That listen to our podcast understands- I hope so. also it fans. was it was short enough where if they don't it doesn't matter but also if they do what it a really what it a just it, what a pull yeah oh, i mean man. i think my one of the first times i like cried during a movie was the rugrats movie so um mm. did you have the scratch and sniff did you bring that to the Rugrats movie? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember. I that. remember that. That's yeah. They had like a thing that they gave. It was you. like you could buy like a Happy Meal at McDonald's, and it would give you like a scratch and sniff <laughs> for the 4D experience of the Rugrats movie. I love that. I'm gonna um, go. I go back and find, try and I, find one. <laughs> eBay. I don't know if the smell will stay. I hope our I hope our podcast is seen as what you just said, Dan, where it's like short enough to. Not be of any significance, but yeah. maybe maybe important enough to a couple people. It's where well, we actually just drug that Rugrats thing out way too long. Yeah, we so did. We didn't know where to now stop. It's not worth just it. Just like this podcast. All right, let's get into discussion. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. So as we as we said, we're talking about uh, Gabrielle Zevin's Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. Um. And I am very excited to talk to you guys about it. We also had a lot of listeners send in quotes for quote of the week and a lot of thoughts. Yeah. Uh, and and so there this this discussion, we're going to try to keep it on the rails as best we can, because there's so much to talk about. Um, the quote of the week uh, coming from this book came from uh, Ashley, our friend uh, uh, who sent in. Uh, there is a time of any for any fledgling artist where one's taste exceeds one's abilities. The only way to get through this period is to make things anyways. Uh, and that's that's a great it, that's one of the many just incredibly good quotes from it kind of defines our podcast this book that that's so <laughs> Brett, you're oh, right no. that's another thing that we can think of while we are um you know our, our it our our vision <laughs> is so grand for this podcast <laughs> and our abilities just aren't there not yet so but not we, quite. we're gonna They're keep making good. it yeah um okay Thank you. Thank you, Ashley. That's a wonderful quote. This book is chop full of good quotes. Um, but now the moment we've been waiting for, the moment I've been waiting for is to talk to you guys about tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Does anyone want to jump in or are we just going to sit here I, and look I, at I, each I, I was expecting like a grand like intro question or like. Uh, well, okay. So that's that's a good point. And I, I want to be careful, right? Because I feel like we could get on the, the, tr- the wrong track of um, – you know, snowballing off into yeah. character discussion, which we will get into character discussion, I promise. But I want to ask y'all before we do that, uh, I-, I wanted to talk about the theme and what do y'all think the message of the book was? It, it's, it's about, 
I guess, I mean, time is obviously Mm -hmm. a major theme. I feel like some of it's about futility. Um, Yeah. uh, I communication is also a theme that I (laughs) that I uh, wanted to discuss, which I love. I was going to mention this at some point, but I love that Sadie's uh, her interim boyfriend that was in the band. The name of his band was Failure to Communicate, which was yeah incredible and on the nose and i loved it um but yeah it's it's about the good and the bad of of time passing by and second and third and fourth chances and um i guess i I don't know that there's a right answer the reason i ask this is because i i think it's such a fascinating book in the fact that like it's a it's a really hard thing to answer right dan do you want to give a do you want to give a swing at it so I agree with what Brett said, um, but I feel like I, I don't want to just share all my thoughts right now before we get into questions. Yeah, um, just just the, the theme. Dan, what are you holding from, close to your chest right now? Is that is that all of your takes? It's all my takes right now. Um, no, I, I think Brett. I think Brett's right. Like it's how many times can a scenario play out? over and over again the same way before something changes is like what i got from the book and it's kind of it's, it's it's brought up again at the end right that that's discussed in the end um and so i think it's just like um going through your life it's a life story it's a big life story it is it's yes, a very it is. real it's a very mm-hmm. realistic life story yeah and you feel like you're on that journey there's not one theme. There's not one theme to this book. No, there's it's, there's cer- there's certainly not. I think there's, there's definitely multiple themes. There's a whole lifetime packed into this little guy. Yeah. I think uh the thing that the thing that I was trying cuz I, I was really trying to to figure this out and I, I even like to the point of like I watched a lot of interviews with Gabrielle Zevin and and whatnot. Um and she even said in one of her interviews like it's hard to give a summary or a synopsis of the yeah. book. Um, I definitely think it's more of like a slice of life and almost like I, I know it's very short like timeline, but almost a, a period piece. Right. Because it's it's about the gaming industry in the early 90s, which I do think is a, a very fascinating conversation. Yeah. Um, but the way the, the big thing that I took from it was the importance of play uh, in a world that is that can be cruel and that can be harsh and um, it's kind of like the beauty of like escapism and um what games and video games in this in this like book obviously um can can provide uh and and then a whole bunch of other things but i i wanted to get y'all's because i want i i kind of wanted to hear where y'all are coming from um before we get into like thoughts of the book overall because i feel like it's gonna be mixed um that's fair understandable uh yeah i I thought the, the the setting and the backdrop was really cool. Um, the the game is like the growth of the gaming industry. It was such a boom uh, back then. Um, uh, the game process was super cool. The 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 writing on that, like the actual production of the games, was super interesting. And genuinely, they made some very cool. Like Ichigo sounds like it would be like a best selling game in real life too. So, um, so yeah, it's it is. It was you can tell it was made with a lot of passion because uh, it's just it 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 feels so real. And it was also Mm. cool that like it was interspersed with like real games and real game developers and stuff like that. So, yeah, 
I thought that was okay, Brett. Can I ask you where you where you land on? Let's, I I kind of want to get into the juice now, into the meat. Where would you land on it with as a book? Like uh, overall feelings. Um, I would say I loved the writing, and I thought it was like really well written. Some of mm-hmm. the stuff, and it's one of those things where it's like within the book. Nothing against Gabrielle or anything like that. It's some of the character stuff was very like at the end of the day, I there's not a, a ton of characters I loved. I loved Marx. I would Marx mm-hmm. was my boy, but I don't know. It's just there's there was some frustration in it. Um, as far as uh, Grandpa Dong and Grandma Bong, are you kidding me? Oh wait, yeah, Dong and Bong Throw were them on the list. Phenomenal. Um, yeah, sorry about that. I guess yeah. Then there's there's like there's like two two main characters that I like despise. Not despise. One of them is <laughs> Sam is a complex. I have complex feelings towards Sam. Um, sure. But yeah, as far as like the book goes, I think it was really well written. It was really creative. Um, there were sections where I kind of feel like I got there pretty quick and could have used could have gotten to the point a little bit faster um mm-hmm. but yeah overall i would i mean i think my rating would be around four-ish stars out of five three three and a half to four like i i, I like the book there's just certain things of it where i was just like i had took took a little bit of issue with but as yeah. you know that's to be that's expected fun. for sure yeah it's a com- it's a complicated book right for sure so um, I'll say this not to discredit the writing at all, because I agree with Brett. Like, I believe the author did what she wanted, which was write characters that are not likable. Um, and the reason I say that is that it's hard for me to believe that Sadie and Sam were written where we're supposed to like them. Um, yeah, all I, think that's say, co- I think that's completely fair. Yeah, yeah. very all fair. All that to say, personal preference I don't like books like this. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 books where you're not really supposed to like the main characters, they, they're not for me. And I, I didn't rate this on Goodreads because I really do think that's just personal preference. A lot of people love books like this. I mean, right. you can see that from the ratings of this book. Like, they're mm-hmm. high praise. I know a lot of people that um, mark this as one of their favorite books from last year. And, like, that's great. I'm glad that that's the case. I'm glad people like books like this. Cause you know, it's a, it's a great mix up to have something so different, mm-hmm. but for me, it didn't start out this way. So about 60% of the way through the book, um, I don't know if I'm going to say anything spoilery, but I think we're pretty much. Yeah. yeah I mean, we're, we're in discussion. In. Yeah. So, um, I even texted Parker at one point. I was like, I know we we've gotten a lot of like, negative feedback about this book right now um and unless something drastic happens from 60 percent to the end of the book like i think this book is perfectly fine like yeah i didn't really like the characters but i it, it was okay it was very real it was very realistic right yeah um and a big part for me was i had a friend growing up that was so much like sam that i like justified sam's actions and mm-hmm, sam's sure. personality right and like i i love this guy this is not saying anything against my friend but it got to a point where sam became insufferable to me like 
Yeah. Uh, I told Nicole as I was finishing it, like I felt exhausted by the end of this book. And it all stems from Sam and Sadie's argument right before uh, Sadie goes off and makes her game by herself. And Sam Mm -hmm. like doesn't help that argument. I don't know how long it was, but reading it, it felt like it took me forever to get through it to the point where I was like, why are you guys friends? Like, why? <laughs> like I don't get your relationship. This would not work in real life is, is kind yeah. of the way I felt. And then uh, the the uh, like the pregnancy uh, surprise and then Marx's death. And by Marx's death, I was just I was really checked out from the book. Takes um, the wind out of you. It really did. It like it took the wind out of me. And we had Jacob emailed us um, about his thoughts, and they're they're similar to mine. I would I would say, or mine similar to his because he finished it so much earlier. But he said that Marx's death felt like a like a gut punch because Marx was like the perfect character in this book. Like he right. mm-hmm. he died because he was a perfect character, which you can agree or disagree with. I lean towards agree. We're like. He was the most liked character, so that's the reason he died, is kind of what I felt from it. But just like the last third of this book is what really turned me off of it, if I'm being honest. Yeah. So I think so and and so honestly when we when we started to gear up for this episode, I thought I would have to be defending this book from both of y'all like hating it. <laughs> uh, which is I was I was kind of worried about. But um the the interesting thing is i think everything you said is completely valid exactly Uh, i I think that's why i went with like the personal preference route like it's just not a book for me so i don't want to like trash it like it's just not for me um and i i think that that sam and uh sadie represent kind of um some some real hardship and kind of the uglier sides of uh I mean, really the uglier sides of friendship, right? Like mm-hmm. the, they have some dark trauma between both of them. Right. And well, and not even speaking on the trauma, just the way that they can act in jealousy or in anger or in, or in yeah. love, but like a selfish love they do in some, in, in many chapters represent the worst of friendship. I will say, I think that there's definitely times when they represent the best of friendship. Um, and well, I don't know, that might be a little too much, but, um, <laughs> I it was one of those things where I came out of the book also feeling that exhaustion, that emotional weight, because I think that she does a really good job of um, writing. I was never bored of the book. I I really was engaged with it the entire time. But to Brett's point, I also felt that thing where you, you're just kind of like at every corner, you just kind of want to like shake the characters and be like, why right. would you make that decision? Or why yeah. would you do right. that? Um, and And I think, the instance uh, that you brought up, Dan, is is really good for Sam, like when he rejects helping Sadie with the book. Um, and then the other instance with, with Sadie, like when they're when they first like really start to take off, um, there's a part where she basically gives up on her friendship with Sam mm-hmm. and yeah. ghosts him for two years. But it, all of it stemmed from insecurity where she had projected that he like knew all these things and like all of these deep dark secrets and basically like used her as a stepping stool to get to to success and did not care um about her feelings or anything like that um and and I think that in both cases and and this is you know cyclical throughout the book a lot of it was just like a a poor communication 
um, and, and, and how poor communication can be really detrimental to any sort of relationship or friendship. Um, and I think that, uh, it, I mean, I think that's one of the main themes of the book, but I think it's also a cautionary tale in that sense. And so I think the more, the more distance that I've come away from the book, the more I have really a, appreciated for it for what it was because i i'm the sure. same way dan like on on the surface i much prefer a comfort read right and yeah. i much prefer characters that i can identify with and i think in this case i really couldn't self-identify so um, but i i uh, sorry to interrupt but yeah i think a reason that it wasn't for me is because i could self-identify so much and then mm-hmm. not to say like oh i don't want to look at my inner self and think about my emotions. Not, not to mean it that way, but like, I feel like, um, Gabrielle Zevin's writing has to be from experience with friends. Right. I, I don't think anyone who reads this book would not think about an argument that they've had with a really close friend that feels mm. similar to this. Right. Yeah. And it was just, I was reading it and like, it like it like made me feel like a piece of garbage. Yeah. Of like, man, I've said some stuff to friends in my life which I like I don't like. And like and so it's just like really shines a light on really just kind of like not thought through words before they come out, right? Mm-hmm. That you say to people you care about. Um and it's it's hard to read. It was hard to read for me. But it's because I could like identify with it, I think. But so and I, I think that's I think that's the piece that I wait. So you said it's because you can or because you couldn't identify because with. I can. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's one of the the things that makes it really good writing in mm-hmm. the the For juxtaposition sure. of the the message of what I think the, the book is. And so I, I also have a an idea of why this book is so polarizing. And I think it comes down to Marx's speech about tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow taking that that piece of Macbeth's uh that that final action Macbeth where it's really really depressing and him flipping on it on its head and saying no like every tomorrow is a second chance at a a new day or in in the in their terms um like video games give you that that you know that endless second life right that that restart that second chance um and so I think the reader can take this book and 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 walk away from it and feel two ways they can feel defeated and uh, and, and not, i'm not i'm not pushing this on the r whatever and i'm not even trying to swing y'all's opinions oh, yeah, yeah. You're good. i'm just saying I, I feel like this is probably why they're it's polarizing is i feel like readers can take away from this book and be like man uh sadie and sam didn't grow they learned nothing this was a, a lot of fighting and i feel bad um or you can you can take away from that like i every every you know um you know every new day is is a new chance um, and the, the beauty and the hope of that, and especially the importance of play. And I, I think they, they kind of talk around that a lot because I think the relationship works best when they were making games together or they were being creative together. Um, and so I think that's a, a very hopeful note. Um, and I, I don't know, I, I think it's a challenging I, book. I think, um, that would be one of the the things that I I came out of it with a a different view than some of the comments we got because at the end of the book I actually have hope for the characters especially Sadie because she's she she has broken the cycle of of trauma and repeatedly getting into these situations with Sam 
partially it's because she's distanced herself from it, but she found something that she loved and she also is a mother. So it's like mm-hmm. she's found a way to get through that stage of her life. And it actually like, yeah, they, they sort of make up at the end, but in a sense you can tell that Sadie's going to continue kind of going her own way because Sam keeps telling her like, Oh, we need to make a game together, like trying to suck her back in. And she's just kind of like, ah, you know, maybe someday, but I'm going to, I'm going to kind of stick, stick on my thing. And I think that's an interesting take. I, I would not expect. So you kind of, you kind of see it as like a trajectory of like a Sam is going to continue in this like negative cycle and Sadie's going to escape. Well, I, I think, I think Sadie, I, for Sam, he's a little bit more complicated. He, I think he, my, my hope with Sam is that after, like, once he starts to take over um, Unfair Games, which is their company, he has this thing where he kind of sees marks and hears marks as far as, mm-hmm. like, decision-making and, like, trying to lead the company. And it, it's a point of frustration for him earlier because Sadie is mourning and he is really mad at her because she won't come back and run the company with him. So he's doing it himself, which my thought on his trajectory is that Marx has put enough of himself into Sam and taught him through osmosis that Sam's going to become, I don't think he'll ever be anywhere close to how good Marx was, but he'll become a better leader and a better developer of other people like he takes this new game he finally reads all the stuff about it and he's trying to lift other people up at this company and be more like Marx because Marx set that example so that's my hope for him personally he obviously has a lot of trauma to go through um and he does he mentions therapy along the way but he did he did a lot of toxic things throughout the book where I was kind of like it it you know it it turned me off of him a whole lot um especially pioneer turned me off of him a pretty huh? good bit the pioneer section so yes so that was my big thing on sam and i think that's a perfect screenshot of it is sam at his core feels like he does love and he's a very caring friend i think he doesn't know how to show it and also mm. there's that part of the insecurity in him where he is was jealous of Marx and he still wants Sadie regardless of what she wants. And so he is incredibly manipulative towards her. So if he had stopped at creating this game, he that, that that's the side of it that is love. He created this game to help her through her mourning process. And that she left behind um, Easter eggs with marks so that she could find mm. that kind of stuff. If he had left it at that and created this game for her to be like, Hey, this will help you through your mourning process. That would have been amazing. That would have been an incredible thing of friendship, but because he goes that next step and creates avatars to manipulate her and try to get her back. You're like, that completely wipes so it away. I, I never, I didn't read it as him trying to like get her back in a relationship. Oh man, that, that's how I read no, it not as a, well. Not a relation. Or I just not get her back, but like get her back to the company, like bring her back into yeah, his life, like close to him. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of how I read it. Of like, oh, she won't talk to me in real life. I've made this game, and now I'm gonna like and trick he's, her into. Talking he's trying to. to he's trying to break her out of her cycle of mourning. Not really. Like that. That's what I mean. It's like. At that point, it becomes a selfish reason. 
He's breaking her out of her mourning for himself, not for her. If he had left her alone to maybe find the game, maybe not find the game, that would have been totally fine. This is interesting. So I want to go down this this vein really quickly. I don't want to, you know, derail us too much, but I I feel like there's a lot more contention with y'all with Sam's character than Sadie's. And while I I pretty half and half for me, that's so that's that's how I think it's maybe meant to be right read um and i definitely understand that um oh, i see Sam all the stuff is, is manipulative and, and wrong and bad yeah. but i also think that um i, I don't know I, I i just didn't know if there was a if it was more heavy-handed that y'all didn't like sam i think no, they take turns it's, it's both for me they take right, turns I think it's- being shitty but i think <laughs> sam at the end kind of wins the shitty battle for me while sadie kind of breaks a cycle focuses on being a mother finds her peace in being a teacher um but there is uh, she's not like i guess it's just that i i think he's sam's the worst of the two Hmm. for me Hmm. but yeah i and i i don't i don't have a good answer there um i just think that's a it's fascinating um it's it's complicated because he does have it's one of those things where he has a very tragic traumatic childhood and it's yeah. like every time I want to be, I wanted to be like, God, man, Sam, why you think, okay, you, you, you give him more rope because, you know, mm. he's been through all these things in his life and didn't have a, didn't have parents, like all that kind of stuff. So you're like, you kind of back off any kind of judgment or frustration towards him so it's it's a weird complicated thing and it's complicated because in both cases i'd say for both sam and sadie they um they have trauma which is undoubtable which is a a a real reason why they would act um in the ways that they did but i also think that what i kind of kind of kind of thing that we're touching on is like trauma is an excuse to use someone else as a punching bag Right. right and so like I don't think there's ever any instance where they're justified in their actions because of their past. But I do think that their past definitely shaped them as people. I mean, definitely in Sam's case with him witnessing a lot of death at a young age. um, And then his, his mom's death and car crash. And then him being like essentially uh, uh, just like very, very isolated and repressed and like in within himself in in Sadie's case, you think about it like she was, um, you know, she came from a a well off family. Granted, right. she also had her own traumas, right? Like her sister had cancer, and she was um, a she had to go through that, but then also had to be isolated in it because people were only going to pay attention to her her sister who had cancer. Obviously, right, you know, rightfully so, they were giving her attention, but it left her to be kind of forgotten about. Um, but they, they take turns playing that, like kind of what you said, that game of like, who's going to be the bad friend this time, (laughs) which is really hard to watch, but I think it's really nicely foreshadowed at the very beginning of the story with, with the misunderstanding of the community service. Right. Right. And like that, that kind of sets up and defines their relationship from the very beginning, from the get go, that even though there is love there and there was friendship there, miscommunication would always be a cyclical issue that would yeah yeah that would damage their relationship 
Um, I want to talk also briefly on the the period piece of it, and I think this is more probably for Sadie's character. Uh, but I think the setting of it being like early, um, like ninety or or like nineties two thousands gaming is important, um, particularly for fleshing out Sadie's character because she's a, a woman in gaming, which is I, I mean also just a woman in STEM in general, um, but. I think it, you know, with the Dove stuff or Dove. 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 That's how I had the. That's how they pronounce it in the audiobook. Yeah. Um, and and it just like his his kind of abuse, and then um the more so like the the leverage of power in a way that isn't good or healthy. I think as something that's uh very real and also you still see it today oh um, yeah um do you guys like how things with dove ended do you no, feel like no. there should be an ending for that so <laughs> like in some way I, I i i wish he would have been in less of the book but yeah, yeah sorry continue i thought he was going to be gone about halfway through I did too, and especially especially when it got into the conversations later, where Sadie kind of like bared her soul to Marks and Sam at different times, talking about like he was an abuser. How could you all sit by and let that happen? Right. Yeah. And then Dove gets away with it, right? Like that. That's the yeah. the end of it. And I think that's unsatisfying for the reader. I think especially in the the last chapter that he's in, where he like comes back and they have like a casual brunch. Yeah. Um was tough to read because like I hated him as a character yeah. and I think he was my least favorite character, but I think the, <laughs> yeah. my, the reason I think she wrote it that way, or at least kind of what I took away from it is that very thing that you still see in gaming industry and in the movie industry and everything today, which is where a lot of times abusers get away with it. And that's especially in like particular industries, that's kind of the like sad, uh, like shitty Earth truth of it right it really made me think about um like whiplash if you guys have ever seen whiplash it felt yeah. so similar where yeah. like the teacher is mentally and physically abusive but the student loves his craft so much right. that that's the importance it's and because there, there's, there's the sick there's yeah. the like the perverted um or, or like the, the perverse uh, a chasing of approval right which like really turns into an unhealthy relationship yeah. and you saw that through like the entirety of her right. character where she was so desperately hanging on approval from dove who was like unequivocally the worst throughout the entire story absolutely um yeah but no i mean Brett, i i think that i it, you know in a perfect world and i think a lot of this book is man in a perfect world right and i think that's intentional <laughs> because it's all yeah. about video games and how video games create that perfect world. But I think in, in a perfect world, in a happy ending, Dove would have been uh, in jail or at least seen some sort of consequence of his action, right? right. But he really didn't. And I think, I think a lot of this book is that kind of uh, dialogue between how the world can be really, really tough. And I think that also emphasizes then the beauty of games and what it means to escape from the cooler parts of the world to right. something yeah. comfortable and nice. I almost think that Dove's ending just doesn't involve him where it's like his ending is Sadie being a teacher. That's not like Dove is kind of yes. how, I, right. how yes. I saw for sure 
it play out but then like was that before or after the brunch when her like that was after her? i think uh, he after. he offers her the job at the brunch okay yeah that's right that's right so or like that's how i feel it. like he like ends up which uh okay <laughs> fine i think that's why i don't it's not like an even thing with Sadie and Sam for me because she is fighting this background battle for the entire thing of just existing as a woman in the gaming industry. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of her insecurities are built into that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just like the entire that's like her thing with the press tour, bear in like their their original publisher, all that kind of stuff, I think is very warranted. That at that point I was very much like, you know, Sadie's getting the very short end of the stick because they're just automatically going with the shittier publisher who won't even don't even look her way and want Sam to be the face of the game and don't and want the character to be a, a boy. And it's just like, so it's like, I, I think that's why, like, I think she has a little more legitimate case for her grievances, not, not to excuse anything that was done. Like she, you know, did her own terrible things, but I think that's where my thing main thing comes from. Sure. I wanted to, uh, uh, make a comparison similar to what Dan did with, with whiplash. Um, I thought this was pretty clever. It might be completely wrong, but, um, I think we wanted to get into talking about Mark's and my comparison was Mark's relationship with Sam, which they kind of go into at several points in the book. Um, he's very much a big brother, um, a caretaker most of the time. And Sam throughout the book becomes uh, more and more bitter towards towards Mark's kind of without communicating it. He communicates it very passive aggressively towards the end of Mark's life. But mine was, uh, and I don't know if everybody's seen this, but Ted Lasso um ted's relationship with nate it's a really good because ted is very much a caretaker for nate when he when he's brought on and he brings him confidence um he teaches him how to be more confident in himself um he's always kind to him he kind of like you know acts like a big brother to him to help takes care of him and then when he doesn't pay as much attention to him Nate becomes bitter without communicating it. And so just slowly over time, he becomes more and more bitter towards Ted. Sam becomes more and more bitter towards Marx without saying anything. And for honestly, no good reason, just because Marx is, has these advantages that Sam sees as him not earning. And he doesn't understand why people like Marx and all this kind of stuff. So that was just kind of my, I was like, when I was reading, I was like, wow. I feel like that's a pretty, pretty close. It's a really good comparison. Yeah. No, I thought Marx has such a we love strange third wheel to this machine that they're building. And, and that like, he does so much for the company, but and I, I think Sam realizes this sadly mm-hmm. after Marx is dead. Like he's like, oh, wait a second. Marx was doing a lot, which is like a really crappy time to realize something right. like this. Sure. But like he's such a strange third wheel because no one gives him credit, but only because I believe Sam and Sadie just think they're right all the time. Like their own opinion is correct. Yes. Yep. He does. So, I mean, he basically kept 
like he started the company he like named <laughs> like, the game <laughs> through marks like everything happened. brought in like, and in uh yeah so yeah just interesting character i i hate that he died i really do because he was just think, a big old glue you know i think i think marx's character is obviously one of the the more interesting pieces of the book because i think we can all like we can all pretty easily say marx was the the nicest the, the nicest to read about character right he yeah. it was it was yeah. good to read about marx it was good to have time with marx because uh i i think what he represented for both of them was a, an emotionally stable and an emotionally um, mature person. And I think uh, in, in like the, the storytelling, what, what he represented was what that looks like for people who are emotionally stunted. And then um, once that's removed, how the entire world can come crashing down. I, I think that's a, a very real yeah. thing too, in, in terms of just like, growing up and and people's relationships and i think about this in a very um like this is a very silly example a very you know non-serious example but i think about like the transformation that um you know you go through when you leave home for college right and then you no longer have someone to help do the dishes or to take the trash out or to you know whatever xyz chores there are around the house there, there's this this thing that's removed from you and you have to look around and, and figure like oh like i i have to become an adult now um and i think in sadie and sam's case they had once mark was removed from the equation they had to kind of look inwards and say like oh we have to become full people now because i think they both relied on him as a crutch he kept them together um, like yes and and marx marx was such a good character he was a he's a great person and a good friend and and i think um the in the story i think what another thing that he represents for the 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 readers is like everyone wants to be a marx right you know and so i i think that's the other like the other side of the coin of like a cautionary tale is like what it can look like if you can if you can pursue that and i also think there's something beautiful in the way that he is not um ever given credit uh i i think that there i I would i would imagine i would like to imagine that the world runs on people like marx right that the world and and i think that's even more beautiful with his analogy to being an npc when sam calls him an npc because i'd like to imagine that there are and so many people in this world who are doing the right things or who are doing the best they can who don't nearly ever get the credit or who don't ever really get called the main character, but nothing in this world would, would run without people like that. Um, and so I think that's kind of the, I, I don't know what I, what I took away from him and, and like, especially his uh, uh, parallels to being called an NPC. I don't think that it was any for any, like any shortcoming of Mark's. I think it was shortcomings of Sam and Sadie that they saw themselves as like the quote unquote main characters. Right of their stories of their company of their lives or whatever all the while you had you know him kind of be this backbone this guiding hand um and it wasn't until that he was removed or they had to learn how to how to do those things without him um and i think i i hate that it it was a him post dying story like a post post post-mortem time for them to realize that because i i feel like uh something that i i don't know if y'all kept thinking this the entire time but i was like god these characters need therapy like so badly yeah these characters need therapy or they need they need um uh 
uh, wise counsel from someone who's older or removed from the situation. And I think they didn't really have that. And I think that's another important thing to keep in mind with this story. If you're treating it like a slice of life story and not like a, a self insert or trying to, to put yourself in these character shoes, these characters became famous in their early twenties and started running a company by their mid twenties. So you had essentially children playing grown up a lot. Right. <laughs> and I think that's something that I had to, I had to like recalibrate my mind when I was getting really pissed off at Sam and Sadie because they're young 20 somethings who are, they're being awful to each other, but they're also young 20 somethings. Right. And I think just because of the speed that they, that they gain success and money and independence, you kind of can forget that piece of it. Um, but I think that they are definitely more uh, aligned with what regular twenty-year-olds are than Marx. I think Marx is a is an is the exception, not very the, matured beyond his yeah, beyond yeah. his age. Marx, uh, Agent Coulson, Sam and Sadie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I cannot believe you just made an Avengers reference <laughs> to <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. But hey, I love it, I, and I also. Um, I, I sorry guys, I feel like my thoughts are all over the place right now, and y'all can shut me up at any point if y'all want. Go ahead, keep um, going. But I think the one of the most beautiful pieces of writing, and there's so much in this book that I like from just a writing standpoint, um, like Gabrielle Zevin's prose writing standpoint. Um, uh, with with Marx and Sadie when they visited Japan, and he ran through the gates ahead, and then held out her arm, and she had that line of like, "How nice it would be." to look ahead and to know that Marx was waiting for her as a, as a foreshadowing to him dying and him being through that gate and waiting for her. Like that gets me emotional thinking about it. And I yeah. think that's just really good writing. Um, yeah. I don't know if I have anything else to say about that outside of, I just really appreciate uh, Gabrielle Evans ability to foreshadow and write in the way that she did. And in some areas I thought was just very, very well done. Yeah. Agreed. Um, okay. I feel like we're coming to the end. I feel like, I, I feel like I feel bad. I feel like I overtalked. Did I overtalk? I don't think you overtalked, no. but I feel bad. Cause I bet that wasn't fun to listen to. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's interesting again, Dan, because I think something that I really liked about this book, and I think we're, we're just at a disconnect with this one thing, but I think the thing that I liked about it so much is that it had me thinking about these kind of conversations yeah. in my own brain. Like I was having conversations with myself about trying to process this book way more than I have most books that I've read in the past year. For sure. I think that a lot of it is challenging stuff and stuff that I don't necessarily like You're right. uh, at face value, but I definitely couldn't stop thinking about and, and like analyzing. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if nothing else, I hope the readers had that same experience and can be intrigued and at least give the book the time of day. I, I really hope that we didn't make it sound like it's a bummer or anything like that because I I genuinely do like it a lot. And I know there's mixed feelings and I don't want to speak for all of us. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you like books that have just kind of like very, very real main characters, right. like you're going to like this. Like you'll enjoy this. Her writing's incredible. I feel like it's not fun. you're not gonna have fun you're gonna cry maybe but you're gonna think a lot and and, and in some cool ways my point is like don't take anything negative that we've said as like anything towards the execution of the book the execution of the book is incredible it's just dan's point was like just as literally just as a personal preference it's not his type of thing can i pump in some fun yes pump it in all right 
So what game did y'all most want to play from this book? Because I feel like during this entire book, I was like, oh, that sounds like an interesting video game. I want to play that. Um, well, first off, I love how much they raved about the, the 3D Zelda. I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah Ocarina yeah. of Time is my favorite game of all time. Of course, it's it's the perfect game. They mentioned Bioshock at one point, I think. Yeah, Bioshock the... 2. Yeah. It's Bioshock 2, which is also <laughs> Dove's a game sounded game. like a Bioshock to me when they yeah. uh, were Dead Sea, Dead sea or yeah. Deep Sea, something like that. I thought the the Shakespeare Emily Blaster? Yeah. No, no, the <laughs> No, the other one. <laughs> the middle one between uh the the one that she did on her own. Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, oh, um the mystery. Where, where you split lives. The the one that Ma- that Maple Town came from or whatever. Yeah. No, the the no, one that's she... the mystery Shakespearean one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Town. I thought that one was cool too. The I think those the the second the Maple Town yeah, both the... <laughs> game yeah, and then they... the one Sadie did on her own were and obviously was, Ichigo, but what's that one called? What was Sadie's? I can't remember the name. Well, also the the one that Ant and uh, what's his face? Why am I forgetting the other? Oh, uh, the the high school one. Yeah, the high school yeah. one. That's that, that one. Uh, so do fun. y'all know anything about the Persona games? I've never played them, but that's what it kept like. That's what. It, yeah, my they, they brain said towards. it was like Persona too. Yeah. Okay. Um, but no, that that mystery game sounds awesome. It sounds like Overden to me. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah, there I mean there was a lot of like really cool concepts in the game and I appreciated that too. Um I don't know if y'all got like a big like bout of nostalgia during reading this. Um and and some of the lighter moments, but it made me really appreciate the just the evolution and timelines of of like video games and I feel I mean I feel like regardless of your uh um you know involvement with video games, I feel like everyone's kind of been influenced in some way or another or has some sort of reference right if it's right uh if it's something as like oregon trail or mario kart or tetris um golden eye or tetris or, or whatever <laughs> yeah. you're at um or, or i feel like more recently like the animal crossing boom that happened with covid yeah um and and i was thinking about like maple town and kind of like the parallelisms of like how wonderful it is just to have escape and and good forms of play um and that's where a lot of my hope came from in the book is just, I think that like kind of well of nostalgia for me. Yeah, um, for sure. I don't know. I want to play Ichigo. I feel like just because Ichigo it was talked looks, about. When they would talk about Ichigo, have you guys ever played Rhyme? No, no. It's, it's a, another like 3d adventure platformer that came out for Xbox a, a good while ago. But every time I think about Ichigo, I just picture that game. Like it sounds very similar. The- the entire time I was reading and they were talking about unfair games, I just kept thinking like, man, this seems like a real indie developer That's uh, such that a good you name. would tell me about. Like, yeah. I feel like, cause Dan, you're, you're kind of like my indie video game guy. Like you, indie you boy. told me more about indie video games that I ever knew existed <laughs> and have introduced me into some, to some great games. And I think a lot of their like vision for their yeah. game company is like something that would be up your alley. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, uh, and we're, we're, we'll move into author's notes, so we're, we're closing down. But Emily Blaster is a game, if y'all want to play it. Wait, really? Um, that's they made my it? author's note. So, so apparently, and, and apparently there's talks, um, this is just cool facts that I, I have for author's note, but there's talks of having other games of hers actually made into video games. Solution and, is a genius game idea. Yeah, right? Yeah, right. Even her, yeah, genius. like her, her uh, like super hipster college game that she made is like really smart um and seems like something that would be like a five dollar game on steam that you could play on like any computer yeah 
Wow. Um, but yeah, and, and the movie rights have been have been already purchased. So this will be made into a movie sometime soon. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, but Emily Blaster, it's, it's just uh, emilyblaster.com, apparently. I haven't tried it out yet. <laughs> I wanted to tell you guys before. I love that. I don't know if I know enough Emily Dickinson. I, I know for a fact that I don't know enough Emily Dickinson. <laughs> We're about to, to go learn. We're about to go learn some Emily Dickinson via yeah. Emily Blaster. I want that to be our introduction into Emily Dickinson. <laughs> well, that that pretty much wraps up everything I had. Yeah. Uh, we'll bookmark it there. Thank you, everyone that sent emails. We got a lot of good emails from this uh, from Ashley and Jacob and Data uh, Jadez. She sent a absolute fantastic email to us um with, with just all of her thoughts she liked the book a lot i, I think it's worth saying that uh, people do i, I do too book. and i yeah, really and so really Parker. appreciated jay's email because i feel like yeah. we uh had gotten a, a good amount of mixed reviews not a lot of good positive reviews landing on kind of the side where i felt and yeah. so i was really really um, appreciative also very worth mentioning that jada's responded uh as well to our bookstore book episode yes. and her bookstore sounds just wonderful. so much better than what we came up with yeah, yeah. <laughs> shocker someone is better at this than we are um so thank you so much for reaching out we, we love getting emails you can email us at bookends with friends at gmail.com we also want to say thank you to uh jacob robinson for our wonderful music and to Maddie Moon for our wonderful art. Thank you both so much. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um lastly, next month, uh we are starting Lost Stars by Claudia Gray. It's a Star Wars story. I think it's far, maybe far called Star Wars Lost Stars. Um and I it's a Star Wars romance question mark? Uh <laughs> that's what it's been pitched to me as. So I'm I'm excited about it. It's a it's Wookiees just making out. I'd be so okay with it. It was just Wookiees making out. Okay, but the let's... dialogue is just Wookiee noises. This is our okay. I would be le- I would be less okay with it. This is our second straight S- Star Wars centric love story, technically, because uh, excuse me, the uh, last February, our love hypothesis. Oh, oh god, <laughs> freaking. Oh yeah, love hypothesis is loosely loosely based, based on yeah. Raylo fanfic. I love it. I can't wait. Um. I thought you were saying tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow was was Star Wars romance, and I was like, I don't know if you took away the same <laughs> things that I did. Um, oh God! Next next month is sure to be a lighter read. If you if you thought tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow was very heavy, what if it's not? It I don't know for sure. <laughs> Who knows? Oh boy! Who well, knows? never forget the real books were the friends we made along the way, along the way, along the way, and along the way. <laughs> <laughs>